0: Hello and welcome back to I Hate Golf. It's awesome, a podcast presented by Golf. My name is Caleb Eberly, and sitting across the table from me again, finally, is the star of the show, Mark Eberly. How's it going? That would be me. It's yeah. going great. Good, good. After a little uh, surgical layoff, surgical layoff. Do you want to tell the people what happened, or well, just leave had it a, a mystery? Little, had
1: a little eye uh, retina tear that Ooh. I had to get taken care of. Still recouping, but yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. Had yeah. no idea what it was, and. Um, apparently had a pretty good doctor, and he's taken care of it. So we're healing.
0: Good, good. Yeah, that's definitely not a not a pulled muscle or a broken arm or something <laughs> that you can. Oh, this happened and then this happened. I don't really know how an eye retina tear even happens. Or well, it's like my concern was kind of okay.
1: What are I'm always asking? Okay, what are the benefits of what you're going to do, and yeah. what's the downside? Well, if you do nothing, your option is probably just to go ahead and lose your vision. So that kind of ended that option. So we just went forward. And uh, yeah, looking down at three golf balls was a little challenging.
0: (laughs) Uh, I usually look down and see no golf ball, so that's, that might be a little bit worse. Um, yeah, um, you had that going on. Uh, golf tried to kill me, uh, hurt my back, and then, then found out there's a thing called sun poisoning or sun rash or something, so I haven't been playing much golf lately, um, but I'm getting back out there now, so that's that's nice. It's nice to get back into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, I don't think it's hurt my game too much, taking a little time off, but yeah. You know. Yeah, since there's no... uh Fall football to sit home and watch. Yeah, yeah. Normally this would be right about my favorite time of the year, and doesn't really seem like it's going to be much of a fall for me. So I guess I'm going to have to pick an SEC school to root for. Or oh, good luck with Just that root against all of them. I guess I don't know. Can they tie Is, is every Vanderbilt time? still in the SEC? Because I'm going to be a big Vanderbilt fan this year. Yeah, it's kind of like the Northwestern of the SEC. Maybe a little worse. But Hey, Northwestern did get to a Big Ten championship like two years ago. I don't. I don't yeah. think Vanderbilt's ever been. Yeah, don't SEC talk about what happened once they got there, though. <laughs> That's a little less important. So we are here today. We are at Spessard Holland. We are sitting in the pro shop. Um, might be a little odd that we're sitting in the pro shop, but we are here because they are actually closed today. They're airfying all the greens. Um, they're going to be closed for the full day, back open tomorrow, stuff like that. Pretty standard. How, how, how often do, do most golf courses airify? Most golf
1: courses do it twice a year. Yeah. Um, I know a couple of times. It, it, a lot of it's based on the, the ground, the location, the part of the country. Standard is twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's been let go for a while, you might be more aggressive. Um, I got to the point where at one of my golf courses, we just, it was best if we did it once a year. Yeah. It's one of those things, and, you know, hopefully we'll get to um, discuss that topic before too long that, you know, everyone hates it because Mm -hmm. you just got the greens perfect and you go (laughs) dig them up. You hear that over and over and over. That's because golfers don't really understand the cycle you have to go through. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely not something. that's really, really public knowledge. And actually, um, in the second half of this uh, podcast, you're going to be sitting down and talking to Mike Horgan, who is the uh, GM of Golf Brevard. So that should be a good conversation. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the topic you brought to the table today. Do you want to go ahead and start us off?
1: Yeah, I've uh, one of the things I've always done. You know, again, having my junior program now for 30 years. And we've started a lot of young golfers. Um, We started age seven up to 18. So we've had a program that's started golfers with a game. Mm -hmm. Um, When I I have a lesson or I'm talking to someone, I'm always fascinated. The one question I always make sure to ask is, how did you start playing? Mm -hmm. Um, And the answers are all over the board because – You know, if you played baseball or soccer or football, we know where you started. Yeah, Pee Wee League, Little League, a YMCA League, a City League. You know, so that's where everyone started with those sports. Golf is just really so different. It's people are all over the board. Mm -hmm. Well, I was 33, and a friend, was neighbor, was playing golf, and said, "Hey, why don't you go with me?" And one day, I started playing, and um, I think we need to get more and more into that. We can trace people starting golf back to when they were juniors. And Mm -hmm. and I think they'd enjoy it a lot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is fascinating to learn. Um, You know, I've had people came to me and said, gee, I've got to learn how to play golf or I'm going to fall behind business-wise with my competition. I need to get better at um, having an activity I can do with clients and potential clients. So all kinds of reasons to play golf. Um, But I think the bottom line, it has to get back to where you just need to enjoy it. I mean, all the other stuff is just uh, added. Yeah. So yeah, that's really it's it's talking it, and I've always, and again, getting involved with so many beginners, and trying to get parents to get started with their kids when they get in the programs. People are kind of intimidated by golf. Yeah. Um, because you, it's it's a foreign language. You know, you pull into the parking lot. It's like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. Do I need golf clubs? You know, how am I supposed to dress? How much does it cost? all of those things. It's really, it's really a challenge to get started in golf and golf hasn't really been very good about, you know, breaking down those challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we haven't been good at offering information and opening the doors. I think we're getting golf's getting a little better, but still it's, it's, we need to recognize that it's intimidating. Yeah. And anytime a golf course has a new golfer, someone needs to take the time to let them get comfortable with a situation because you know that's what i've always tried to do with the kids yeah let them get comfortable so they're they show up and they know what to do they know what's expected of them and you don't feel like oh my goodness i'm it's kind of awkward i'm i don't know what i'm doing if i'm supposed to do it this way or that way that's a big part of it that that allows you to relax and actually have some fun playing golf yeah so that's that's one of the things that i you know and it's there's a lot of topics there um basically the way I try to educate people, you know, everyone's, well, how expensive is golf? Actually, golf's probably cheaper today than it was 40 or 50 years ago. Um, and that's that's hard to believe, but actually it is. I mean, you can, you can find a golf course, you can go play 18 holes for 25 bucks yeah, um, easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, golf balls are, you can get 15 golf balls for 12 bucks. Yeah. So the big issue is, When people are getting started, what golf clubs should I buy? And I always tell them, don't buy any. I have a couple of clubs you can work on your swing with. Give yourself some time. It's like, are you going to stick with it? You know, how much do you want to play? I mean, you don't want to send someone out to spend two thousand dollars on golf clubs, yeah? uh, Because now they have sticker shock. Yeah. When actually, you know, you can go to a garage sale and go online now. I mean, it's not even garage sale necessary anymore. Yeah. Things and for 150, place. 200 yeah. bucks, you've got everything you need for the first couple of years going to play. Yeah. till you figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of things we can do better there. Um, I also have an issue with golf instruction.
0: You, you know, have a lot of issues.
1: Like, well, golf courses, they funnel people in. It's like they want to sell that set of golf clubs off the rack. I understand that. Yeah. But we need to be more sensitive to the needs of the person getting started, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just latching onto them immediately. Yeah. It's like, let's support them. Let's get them involved. Let them decide. You know, golf instruction is kind of the same way. It's just teach people how to have fun first. Yeah. You know, the first lesson should include giving them a tour of the clubhouse simple thing like show them where to go in the golf shop to check in let them know where hey over here's a grill or a dining room or whatever it is yeah um get in a cart and take them out on the golf course go play the first hole with them you know so they're comfortable so they have a feeling of gee what are all of those little things on that over there that there's two blue ones and two red ones and two white ones we don't realize they don't even understand what that means yeah and we just make the assumption of like, oh, sure, go ahead and go play three or four holes. Yeah, They don't even know what that means. Yeah. In fact, it's just like, hey, go, go swing four or five times, pick it up and take it up and put it on the green and putt. Mm-hmm. Have some fun. Learn that way. So I, I think we can. And, and there are people around the country in the golf business doing that. I know they are. Uh, but probably not enough. Yeah. So that's one of the things we need to open golf up to people and make it a lot easier for them. And what that requires, it's kind of like everything you do in life, is if you're capable of putting yourself in the other person's shoes and understanding how they're seeing it, you're much more effective in getting them involved. Yeah. And I think that's the approach we need to take because it's, you know, it's... it's there's a lot of reasons people come to a golf course to get started. Um, in fact, I have a person coming in today that called and said, wow, my, I saw my neighbor playing golf and coming and going, and I asked him about it, and they said, you should try. So they called and said, how do I get started? So I talked to him. come over and just take a quick lesson. We'll show you how to get started. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, that's a critical topic in golf. Um, everyone you know and I've I've spent most of my life teaching beginners because of the kids program and yeah've I've worked with players of all level um, but to be honest I enjoy teaching a beginner mm-hmm. a lot more than the yeah. the really technical approach to wow how do I how do I get from 72 to 69 or 68 or you
0: get enough of that with me asking you questions so that that gets a little (laughs)
1: let's let's get to 78 first yeah (laughs)
0: hey i've gotten to 78 that's not fair don't do that to me but
1: no it's it's just you know the the golf business right now it's you know everyone's talking about wow there's the competition has kind of faded away for golf Mm -hmm. um so more people are playing golf again yeah um that's great for now, but when this is over, which hopefully it will be, you know, it's hopefully. there's gonna be the same competition. So you have to be better at what you're doing. Yeah. And to me, that's one of the ways to do it. It's like, have a monthly get started class, mm-hmm. you know? Let them come out, let beginners come out, encourage them to come out, show them around, and let them have some fun. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're not gonna have fun on the golf course, I mean, even with the kids, we always tried to have games and contests for the kids so it was fun. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not, they're not gonna show up again. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So, you know, and and on the back side of it, one of the things, you know, having always, you know, being raised in church and always being around church and programs and, and all of that, one of the things that's kind of funny that's comparable now that I see, you know, when I was a kid, Kids went to the churches, went to church their parents went to. It's like, here's the church we're going to, you're going with us. Um, what's happened is, and it's the transition of parenting now, is, and it's, it's across the board, it's not just churches, you see it in other activities. And it's funny because I recognized it in golf a while back, is even for private clubs parents want to go where their kids are going to enjoy it and get something out of it. Yeah, And that's what started happening in churches 20 years ago. Mm. And now I'm seeing it at golf courses. And it's like golf courses who've learned to cater to the kids and have a quality program. They're now seeing that, wow, mom and dad want to join there. Mom and dad want to play golf there. Yeah. So it used to be the other way around. And I don't think golf courses have been really good at adapting to that and understanding that creating a quality program for the kids makes the golf course in your property much more attractive to the parents. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I've always tried to incorporate in our junior program. I always tell parents come out with them, hang out and watch, learn as they go. So you know how to do it too. So there's some things there that, you know, it's, I think we really need to pay a lot more attention to how we help people get started with golf, because it is kind of a, it's there's nothing else like it we do. Yeah, you know it's like most other sports there's similarities. Golf's is kind of off here by its side. Yeah. So it's a little awkward. Yeah. Um, so that's just that's just something that uh, I you know I started talking to people about and tried to share when I talk to golf courses make this a priority. Junior golf has always been an afterthought. Well, we have to have a kid's program this summer. Well, it's who's gets, stuck, who's gets stuck with that when actually it should be a highlight of your golf course? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how you relate to that because you started very early. Yeah. Um, dragging you around golf courses <laughs> yeah. whether you wanted to or not. So, but no, that's, you know, and it's like you saw a lot of kids, your friends at times, you know, they got started in the program and I've, I've followed a couple of them on Facebook and mm-hmm. guess what? they're still playing golf yeah it's pretty neat yeah. and they enjoy it it's a fun activity for them now yeah you know all those kids that you played baseball with they're not playing baseball anymore <laughs> uh, a one, couple, couple of them are well couple not couple very of many trying. yeah <laughs> <laughs> a couple of them shouldn't be yeah well there's one or two that that really get a kick out of it and yeah. there are you know adult leagues and that's fun yeah but you know it's like i see you know one or two of the they're not kids anymore playing golf and getting together with their buddies and going to
0: the golf course yeah you know what a what a great way to keep it going yeah, it's something you can still do yeah, and still absolutely. be kind of part of sports and stuff yeah i was really worried that you weren't going to have much to say today but you've obviously been storing all this up because <laughs> that was that was good no it was good i just did i, I was, ramble it was a, no, it wasn't a ramble it, it was just a lot but i do want to go back to what you were talking about with um with kind of getting kids started in it and i think kind of one of the advantages at least how i think of it and kind of thinking about the difference in like when I was playing golf when I was younger and stuff and now trying to get back into golf and just this past year and stuff and I think kind of one thing that's kind of helped me this year is having that foundation not just in knowing how to play golf but knowing how to go to a golf course and do stuff like that because it's like if you get a kid involved in it and a kid gets comfortable at a at a clubhouse and around a golf course it's like yeah some kids are going to be naturally shy and stuff like that but they don't have the kind of intimidation that a lot of kind of adults will have the the kind of like embarrassment level of like, I don't want to go in there and make a fool of myself. I don't know where I'm going. It's like, if you've been in a clubhouse, it's like most clubhouses are pretty similar. You still know what to do. Yeah. You still know what to do. It it might be a brand new place. You might not know anyone, but you still have a little bit of that hurt, less of a hurdle to get over going to golf course and kind of getting back into it. So yeah, that's, I can remember
1: when I first started playing golf, First time I got to a golf course is because my dad started playing golf. Um, I, he was probably 45 years old the first time he had three or four clubs and and uh, brother-in-law. They wanted to go out and play golf, and I was going to go with them. And it was like their second time, and I didn't go with them the first time. So we pulled in, and they kind of knew what to do. And it was a public golf course, so it wasn't like ooh big. Yeah, um, you know, I didn't I didn't realize. And, to later in life that we were working class poor. <laughs> when I look back, it's like, oh wow, we really were. Yeah. But you know, they played golf, and it was funny because my dad had talked to our neighbors across the street. And George said, well, we should start playing golf too. So we pulled in the parking lot, and we glanced over, there's George and his two sons sitting in their car. And we're getting out, and we're starting to walk up there, and we're looking back, they're still sitting in their car. And my brother-in-law said, "I don't think they know what to do." And it's like it was kind of odd. It's like I don't either. But it, but that's kind of, you know what I mean? That was kind of the scenario, yeah. and it's it's still true today. If you've never played golf or been in a, in a golf course, you pull in the parking lot out here. It's like, where do I go? What do yeah. I do?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, there's no instruction manual on how to do it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's an issue, um, and that's why I tell everyone on every property i've ever been on running is you watch for people your responsibility is to make them comfortable as soon as you see them yeah because that's what it's about yeah so yeah you're right it's it's but you know, it only takes one, one or two times and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I know my way around. This is pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think about that is in terms of when I was working in the service industry and stuff, and it's like you always look for the people that pop their head in the door and they don't really know where where to go. And you try to try to talk to them and funnel them one right. way, not only to be nice and make them feel comfortable, but it kind of keeps things moving along and everything. And it's like it just runs a lot smoother when you have someone that can kind of not hover, but just be aware of what's right. going on. Because right. I think I think a lot of of it too is like just thinking about like specifically like some older movies and stuff and how golf was portrayed as like this the stuffy country club and right. it's like the second you pull up everyone takes care of everything for you it's like that's not how golf courses right. are it's like that's just that's the like idealized version of it. There are it. a few of them. Well yeah yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I, ones it, you'll never it, play. if you're going to a golf course <laughs> for the first time you're not going to that golf course unless you have some very very nice friends that want to take you obviously. And then there's always you know that one out of a million that
1: walks in the door and they latch onto you and they're asking you every question. And it's like, oh my gosh, maybe you should play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that doesn't happen very often. Most people are a little a little timid when they first come to the golf course yeah
0: well i think i just realized something that's quite unfortunate one of their cameras just died so this is going to be me talking but it's going to be a video of you but i think this is a good time to go ahead and transition into our interview serious? with mike i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i can't control batteries the best part of the show it was at 100 <laughs> percent. it was at 100 <laughs> percent. whatever yeah we got most of it so let's get into our interview with mike yurgan joining me today is
1: mike yurgan Mike is the general manager of Golf Brevard. Uh, they've been functioning for I think almost two years now. Uh, Mike, welcome.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it for uh, having me today.
1: We are in one of your golf shops today at Spessard Island Golf Course because you are working on the golf course. who shut down for the
2: day. Correct. We uh, aerified the greens. This will be our last punch until next year, probably till May or June of next year. So we're ready for the winter time and. It's an all-day process, but we do have new equipment that we will be doing in-house in the future, which we were contracting out before.
1: Well, and that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about today, because how many times over the years has the golfer said to you, the greens were so nice, why are you messing them up? (laughs) Right. So why don't you walk us through, first of all, what it is you're actually doing, and then to try to explain a little bit so golfers understand why you're doing it.
2: Well, the best way to, I guess, describe it is what my father would have told me and other people in the community uh, of, of the superintendents. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get the compaction out of the ground. With The, the greens over a period of time, the grass needs to be able to spread in um, cultivate new turf. So when you pull a plug out of the ground, what you're doing is, is you're giving the room for the other grass to grow, to cultivate it, and become stronger and healthier. It's, it's, a, it's like a competition with the grass. We want it to get more healthy, and it actually helps it to get more healthy.
1: And most golfers don't really even stop to think that, or even maybe maybe be aware of, every morning there's a triplex riding back and forth across those greens, yep. kind of. That compaction
2: and and we notice that the, obviously after a rain in the morning the next morning we go out if we mow with the triplex what we try to do at certain times of the year if the, if they do get soft because of weather conditions we'll roll them with the new rollers that we have um, the biggest thing is yes you put a triplex mower on there that weighs five six seven eight hundred pounds you're and a and a two hundred pound man or woman. Uh, obviously no two hundred pound women but uh you know what I mean. <laughs> Can't we, believe you went there. Yeah. We uh <laughs> obviously we uh you just add that to the equation. It's is no different than top dressing the greens when you take the uh forty five hundred um I'm sorry not the forty five hundred the uh workman across its four wheel drive it weighs forty five hundred pounds. Now you put the top dresser on there that's got sand in it. So now you've got 10,000 pounds going over the green. And that's why years ago, we used to walk around with a little hand top dresser, and it used to spin the sand out the back. Uh, and we actually, at one time when I was younger, my father had us throw the sand on the greens with shovels. If we asked the guys and the gals to do that today, we'd, probably, <laughs> we'd get run over. You have workers. Everybody go home. So, For the
1: golfers out there that really have no idea what it is, they've they've actually never actually. What is the equipment actually doing to the green? Because you talk about aerifying, some people call it punching or plugging it, spiking it, all kinds of things. There
2: are multiple um, size. What's the word I'm looking for? I've I'm, I'm lost tines. you. Tines, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's been a rough week, but uh, we're hanging in there. No, the the tines, that uh, there are solid tines where you can punch the material down into the ground, and then there's hollow tines where you can pull the material, the green, the dirt, out of the ground. And that's what we have been doing to try to get some more, uh, we want to put more soil amendments, we want to put different types of fertilizer and things into the green to keep them stimulated, growth, retardants, all the different things there are. So during the wintertime, it's called a pencil tine. It's literally the size of a pencil. It goes down eight inches in the ground. And when we get compaction or dry weather, we can open it up and, and, and the grass Obviously, when it's fifty degrees out, we don't want to do it too often, but at specific times in the winter, we'll do that. But in the summertime, literally it's pulling a plug of soil and grass off the top, pulling it out. we would either drag it. What we do right now, we had the gentleman's kid that come by today, they scooped it up, and then we put some of those plugs in some bad areas on the golf course, where you'll see um you know, maybe a dried out area that we want to try to cultivate and get a little bit of that topsoil and the fertilizer that's in the ground, and um, and that's generally what we're trying to do. We're just trying to give the. It, it's kind of like just giving a massage to the ground. It's you're just the same thing we did with the tea boxes. We aerified, we verticutted where we spin the the mower reels over top of the grass. It thins it out. Again, it's creating competition for the grass to grow and become stronger and healthier where we don't have to put all the chemicals and fertilizer to get the weeds and all those different things that create the problems that way out.
1: Yeah, I've, I've said it's almost like you can hear the greens sometimes, the ones that really need it, you can almost hear
2: a sigh yes. or like a like,
1: oh, that feels yeah. better kind of thing.
2: And that's what happens when we drive the carts too close to the green when a wet time of the year, and now we get compaction and then it dries up and then all of a sudden now the grass is, is, is trying to get itself up and out where it can grow and get to the sunlight. So that's why we're really a stickler on staying away from the greens as much as possible with the carts and the tees because you know we all want to have good grass to chip or when we do miss the green obviously. So
1: what kind of schedule do you put the golf course in on because I know it's for for golf play this is a tough time because nobody wants to go out there and play after this because it takes how long do you expect to take it for it to actually heal?
2: Well, you'll see a tremendous change in about three days where obviously it was eat up pretty good. And then after seven to 10 days, depending on conditions with the heat, rain, water, you know, all the different things that can go along. But after that 10 day period, obviously that you really feel pretty good about the greens. Now, again, you could get, uh, you, you could get a disease, you could get the rain, your sunlight. All of a sudden now we've got some a disease pop up now we're spraying it, now we're a day behind. But generally we're pretty fortunate in Florida this year for for a change during the airification, except for the one we did at Habitat, we actually did it in the rain, which is kind of not a very good idea. Yeah. But um, you know and, and that schedule in a two week period, from there before you'll see um, every day it seems to get better rolling. We might put a light top dressing after ten, seven to ten days, depending on how much maybe we got to rain and it washed out the sand we put on originally. Now, again, now there's another five, six hundred dollars worth of sand that costs per load to go ahead and do that again. So that expense can be really can change from day to day just by the weather conditions, all those different things that go you know into that whole process. And that's why we've offered the the 1991 special and the 1977 special here at Spessard, at the two golf courses, we know that it's a rough time. We still want you to come out and enjoy the rest of the golf course. And you get to see in action exactly what, what it takes to keep the golf courses in the level that we want them to be in. And then that's top notch. We don't want, we're not gonna, we're not running for second place here.
1: Well, I know that's, personally, I know that's one a bit of a huge complaint when a golfer shows up, pays his fees, goes out to the first green and finds out they just verified and they didn't yep. tell him yep. they didn't discount it so yeah that's a very reasonable approach so it's like hey here's a heads up yep. here's what we're doing we're taking care of you
2: and i think we've done a really good job of that and and uh, caleb who's doing all our marketing and promotions has done a great job getting that information out not everybody has emails not everybody's on facebook and doing all those different things and sees those things but you know you, you just have to, in your mind, when you come to Florida in the summertime, call, let us know. We give you the, 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 the nice rate that we're offering. Gives them, hey, let, let's go see what's going on at Spessard, right. And we need their support, obviously, right. and we, we thank them tremendously. We've had our best August on record. Uh, we did over 5,000 rounds between wow. the two golf courses. Uh, almost three thousand rounds at both golf courses we 're at around uh, fifty six hundred rounds wow, nice so it's been fantastic community has really stepped to help us out obviously we want uh, everybody to enjoy their round uh, with the the pandemic that 's going on it's it's tough and it 's great to see that golf has been such a a, a catalyst to get folks outside in mm-hmm. and playing and enjoying the two properties a little bounce
1: back yeah, yeah. It's, there's been a lot of good stories about that so now we understand why you do it and how you do it
2: how often do you have to do it well if you were a little bit of old school you probably do it four times a summer we do it twice a summer uh, and then we have the new uh pro core um, well, pencil tine in the winter time, so you wouldn't even know if we did in the winter time right. unless we t- right. slightly top dress. But the private clubs will always regenerate the turf as much as they can because they want to be as healthy as possible in the winter time. Um, so they're anywhere from three to four times. Three times would be great, but again, we, we're looking at the situation, cost, the, the the effort that it takes on the staff, but you know, eventually, uh, since we've been in in business for two years now, actually, today is our anniversary date. We started two years ago, exactly today, September 1st of 18. And, um, you know, we have potential of redoing the greens at both properties down the road. We have some irrigation things that we want to do at Habitat. And those are not you know those are million dollar pro- propositions, right, right. and so we have to be very smart and sensitive towards the golfer. But we also have to realize that you know we've got to plan for the, our next three, four, five years on how we want you know the courses to come about. Good.
1: Well, I think we've, I think we've, hopefully educated some golfers because, mm-hmm. to me, I think one of the best things you do can do as a golf course is educate your golfers as to the process what's going on why you do something right i think that helps get them on your side a little more instead of just showing up and it's like oh you ruined the greens again yeah if they understand they're going to appreciate that a little more
2: well i think and and and, and you have you've have talked to me and we've talked about this for over the years and and gary wanted me to put a plug in he said you know we've got our 1991 special at habitat the golf course <laughs> is in the greatest shape it's been in and all the way through Eli's, midnight
1: tonight all the way
2: and <laughs> and, and, and Gary's like, you know, th- th- this is a time for our locals and the people that are supporting us all year round to right. come out and take advantage of the of the 1991 special and seven, 1977 special here. And, you know, if everybody just played maybe one or two more rounds than they normally would at this time of year, that goes a long way for us. And, and, and that's where Gary wanted me to really push that is that, this is the, and it is it is about our locals we want to support them as much as possible because we know we don't know if our snowbirds are coming back and to help support us through right. the winter time right. so there's a there's a there's a big challenge we're doing our budget right now um i wish i could tell you that we we could expect you know the same as we had last year and and that's a very difficult time then you you know we don't have our crystal ball with us to to know that and We just hope everyone continue to stay safe and and be smart with what they're doing.
1: Well, and one of the reasons, too, is it's a unique situation with both of these golf courses because they're actually operated under a nonprofit. So that's unique. It's actually community participation as opposed to private ownership so right. that's a little unique but you know appreciate uh, you sharing today with us folks you probably just heard from one of the best in the business why you airify and what it does for the golf course so next time you stop out and you see some funky looking greens know there's a reason for it so yeah. thanks and, mike we appreciate it
2: yeah and i appreciate it and i want to thank you and the staff and everyone that I- involved with golf reward we've done. We've done some really great things. We've got some great things planned for the future. Thank the, uh, the County Commission for giving us a chance, Parks and Recreation, and all our, our loyal golfers that have been out. It's been you, great. You sound like a
1: NASCAR driver. Thank you. Well, well, I don't have my you logos have on. I have, on my, your
2: shirt. I have my special logo, but <laughs> I was counting one of the golfers the other day, if you can believe this. They had 12 logos. On their shirts and hats and everything. And, and I won't mention who it was, but obviously uh, they're very popular when it comes to the advertisers.
0: All right. Well,
1: thanks, Thank Mike. You. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, folks.
0: I want to say thank you again to Mike Juergen for coming on the podcast today. It was great to have him on. Um, for more information about Golf Brevard, you can go to brevard.golf. You can get tee times, membership information, current rates. They're doing a special throughout the month of September. So if you're in the Brevard County area and want to check out two the best golf courses in the county yeah go go check them out there's a i love playing out here at spessard habitat's awesome too um yeah great places to play golf um but for us this has been another episode of i hate golf it's awesome uh for more information about eek golf go to eek.golf follow us on social media at eek golf subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube wherever you're listening or watching this just give us a subscribe so you can stay up to date with what we're doing Um, but yeah for now this has been I hate Golf, It's awesome, and we'll see you next week.